a momentous occasion here at Pigskin Nut, uh, as uh, I have announced to some of uh, our loyal followers. Uh, we're going to be starting to have team-oriented shows here at Pigskin Nut. Uh, this show is called Scouting Giants uh, with myself, Steve Fishkin, and Jake Malik. And Man, we are... It's okay. I'll get it right. Hey, first time. But look, we are we're excited that we now have um, an atmosphere where we can have team oriented shows. Uh, you know, this this show really is about scouting the New York Giants uh, from a player perspective and a team perspective. There are a lot of New York Giants podcasts out there. We're going to really focus on player performance um, and really getting into the nuts and bolts of what's going what's going on with this team. So, Jake, uh, I know, you know, we talked a little bit, you know, the, the other day, um, you know, and I know, I know, I know you're upset. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to let you rant for a little bit. What pissed you off? What really pissed you off about that game? I'm going to ask a better question to myself. What didn't piss me off is a better question. That game, uh, look, I don't normally say this about the Giants. I try to be optimistic. You know, I, I look for the positives. This game was an abomination. And there was no other word to describe it other than that. The defense was just non-existent. It felt like nobody at all decided to play. The secondary was decimated by a backup quarterback and his backup receivers and backup everything. It was terrible. And then the offense decided also, eh, we're not going to show up either. They have a decimated you know, secondary with guys like Richard Sherman out. Eh, no big deal. We got you know a decimated front line with a guy like Joey Bosa, D Ford out. Eh, no big deal. We're going to still not do anything. Run game couldn't get going. Daniel Jones, I don't understand what he was doing out there. He, his decision making, as, as much as I like him as a pure quarterback, I, I you know I think he is a good passer. I was not sure what was happening. His decision making again continues to be an issue for me, which absolutely killed me. The offensive line was a liability. It, it just you know it, it felt like nothing could go right this week. And in the past weeks, I have found the positives. I've said, oh, the defensive line looked good. They didn't look that great this week. They I mean they had two sacks, but other than that, I was not overly impressed by anything. Uh, the secondary has been a liability and it continued to be a liability. There was almost no positives on that side of the ball. And the offense hasn't been great, and it went from bad to worse this week. I mean, couldn't even score an offensive touchdown, which was beyond concerning to me. I mean, I get that we are hurt, and I understand that, but you still have some weapons on the offense. You still have Darius Slayton. You still have Evan Ingram. You have a Devonta Freeman, who we just signed, who is, yes, not as, as good as he once was, He's still not a bad running back. They couldn't get anything going there. Just as a whole, it, it just nothing seemed to go right for the Giants. It was painful to watch, which I normally don't say. At least the past two weeks, it was competitive where, you know, at least last week that came down to the last drive and against the Steelers for three of the four quarters, they were absolutely in that game. This game, it just felt like they never had a chance. It was just, it was over as soon as it started. Yeah. We, we say we, we don't want to try to be like, Every other podcast where we just sit here and bash the Giants. What the hell do you want from us? This is horrible. <laughs> like, like you know, just you keep hitting us. We, it was one of those <laughs> one of those weeks where you just there's nothing good you can truly try and say. I can find like two good things, and they're about this big of a deal to me because it's overshadowed by everything else. And they weren't even to me the only two good things weren't even that good. They were like, eh. They were they didn't like stand out to me. We're like I was oh that was amazing. The rest of the game was like so bad, meant nothing to me inevitably. Yeah, and I think from from a scouting perspective, uh, and this is something that Joe Judge 
um, has hinted at is they're looking to make changes with the, they may be looking to make changes with the offensive line this week. You know, when can we see Matt Pert coming, coming at right tackle? When can we see what, what Shane Lemieux can do? I know these guys are rookies. Pert is certainly more of a raw guy than I would say Lemieux is, but uh, I think, you know what, you know, we have to start and Joe judge said this, he's going to look at who, who are the best players in practice this week. And this is, this is who we're going to start at the offensive line because this is, this isn't working right now. And uh, if you look at the offensive line play, I, you know, we've talked about in weeks past, Andrew Thomas has played well. He didn't play as well yesterday. Um, I saw him getting driven back a lot more. Uh, same, same thing with Matt, Matt Pert. I mean, um, Cam Fleming. Uh, I think, you know, our, our biggest liability um, is coming at the center and guard position, especially when you're looking at Nick Gates and Will Hernandez. Uh, from from a you know from a run blocking perspective, uh, I think all Giants fans have been expecting a lot more from Will Hernandez. We saw some good stuff in his rookie year. We've seen flashes of good play this year, but we've also seen him get beat a lot. Uh, Nick Gates has never played center, not in high school, not in college, and never before in the NFL. So. Um, you know, changes have to be made because the Giants' problem is the same problem it's always been, is that the offensive line's so bad, you can't get a running game going. And what happens as a result of that? Your quarterback is going to start developing bad habits. Uh, I mean, I, I'll be honest. We can we can draft a, another quarterback, but if we don't fix all this stuff around us, I believe what will happen is that quarterback We'll get into the same bad habits that we've seen from Eli Manning that we're also now seeing from Daniel Jones. I completely agree. Look, you don't have to have the greatest quarterback in the world to to notice these things. I mean, look, you put Tom Brady behind that line, you're going to see he's going to get in bad tendencies because he has to. Uh, and it's not that Daniel Jones is some savior for the Giants. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that because, at least as of now, I haven't felt that but he's also not as bad as people think. He does have his issues, which I will talk about with you in a little bit. But when you can't stand in the pocket and be comfortable, you're forced to, A, run, which he does, but he can only run so often. He's not going to always have the option to be able to run because you know maybe the pocket's closing on him, so he can't escape to run. And he also just can't win, you know, win games running every single play because eventually the defense is going to realize, huh, if we close the pocket and he escapes, he's just going to run. So we just have some, you know, we just basically have whoever standing, you know, a guy on either side, of, you know, on the edges that are, you know, is is helping create the pressure, but also, you know, there that can get on the outside and, and get him when he runs out of the pocket if that's to happen. So it really it limits that part of the offense. And then the other problem is. When he can't stand in the pocket and he's forced to run, he can't make passes. And if he tries to make a pass, he's just forcing it out of the pocket and just, you know, just basically hell marrying. He's just heaving it out there and it's either going out of bounds or he has it so, you know, it's 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 going downfield and he's just he's throwing a hope and a prayer that someone catches the ball and you can't do that. And so when you combine all these things, you're not going to see him to be able to develop the way he needs to because he can't stand in the pocket and feel comfortable, and he's going to force bad throws. He's going to make poor decisions that's going to end up you know, leading us to where we are right now. Yeah, and, and where we are right now is a place where Daniel Jones is just not able to develop. Um, he's th this, this is going to continue. Uh, if, if the protection remains as it is, 
and they can't get Devontae Freeman going, this, this is going to continue. Devontae Freeman, he had 10 carries for 20 yards, but the one good thing, and I'll read the quote here, here from the coach, uh, and this is from running back coach uh, Burton Burns. He said, it was actually a good first outing for Devontae Freeman. He said, we, he said, we plan on just kind of easing him in. He's still learning the system. We got him 15 snaps, and I thought he did well, did what he was supposed to do as far as assignments were, were, were concerned. So I think what he's trying to say there, and I guess maybe one positive thing we can get, is that in, in terms of doing his job, he's doing his job, but then again, the Giants' offensive line uh, is not, and, and really nothing is going to change uh, unless you know, unless unless this does. We're we're now we're now going into a Week Four game that is an absolute must win. Um, I get it, I get it. This week this week was probably a must win, but um, and I, and I don't care how bad the NFC East is. Uh, this is this is this is a must win football game for them uh, at this point, and I think. And I think I think right now you could probably say the two worst teams in the NFL play in MetLife Stadium. Yeah, well, I was going to say the problem is we'll talk about this when we do our uh, upcoming, you know, uh, our show for the upcoming game. But I'm just going to say this: we're playing the Rams, which is going to be a tough matchup. But again, that's something we will talk about later. Um, and then I believe the week after, I'm trying to remember who we play, I, I, I forget who. I think it might be the Cowboys after that. Um, so the problem is the Giants get into the situation where last week they should have won. This week they should have won because, or at least had a, made it a competition against basically a B team. Um, and, and so you run into this problem where, you know, you, you're playing a must-win game against now a team that's going to be with a red-hot offense. And, again, I will, I don't want to talk too much about it, but red-hot offense, that's, that's you know, that that's difficult. And, and, and more importantly, what I don't like is it puts a lot of pressure on this team. And this team is not doing well in the first place. And I'm, I'm just afraid that if you put too much pressure on them, they're going to just, they're just going to crack. They're not going to be able to hold up because I, I haven't seen anything that says to me when we're under pressure, we can handle it. They, they can't handle a, a close game against the bears. I can't imagine what they're going to be like against, you know, a team like the Rams with the way they're playing right now. And I, I, you're right that it's must win, but it just, it, it, it concerns me with the way things are going. And my biggest concern is going to be that as Daniel Jones keeps playing, He's going to have to keep forcing plays. And when you put him under pressure, I just – again, we, we we saw it this week. Under pressure, he's just – he can't handle it. He just – he hasn't been able to handle it. And I get it. He's trying to develop. But Giants aren't making that possible, like we said. Yeah. You know, um, so 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 going, going, going through this entire roster, I think, you know, looking at that San Francisco game – uh, Daniel Jones didn't play well. You know, we've talked about a lot of the, a lot of the interceptions he's had early, earlier this year. Um, you know, the one where TJ Watt leaped, you know, there was one where he got hit as he was throwing the ball. Another one, Evan Ingram slipped. Uh, but that was, a you know, that one, that game was a clear, you know, misread on his part. Absolutely. Didn't, didn't see the defender was jumping the route. That one, that one's a hundred percent on him. Uh, people are going to talk about that. There were, that there was another fumble. There was the pitch to Evan Ingram. Uh, I didn't think that was the best pitch. So I'm okay with that being, blamed you know blamed on jones look we've said it before you know he's he's a good passer but he's just not going to get you know in, in, into any rhythm um you know the wide receivers um they 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 still don't have any anyone that's stepping up there um yes you know i know they have some guys that have played well but that you know that's that's still an area you know still an area for concern golden tate got going a little bit um, I still think Darius Slayton is our number one guy but we just really don't have anyone else that's stepping up and uh, i think it's just disappointing that we have not seen more from Evan Ingram at this point. 
Yeah, it's just, you know what, like I said, the whole team didn't feel like it could get into a real rhythm. Uh, you're right. I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, for Evan Ingram, he was, for me, one of the guys that I really felt like needed to step up this season. He, We've talked about it before, and I'll continue to say it. He has the body of a wide receiver that you know that build of you know he's tall guy, bulky. He he you know he, he's got all the features of a good wide receiver, but he plays the tight end position, which makes him that much scarier as a receiver. It's like basically running an extra receiver at that point. You know, you, if if you, if you have three wide receivers set and you, and he's on the field, you basically have four receivers at that point. But he doesn't feel like he doesn't feel like a threat like you should be. He he just. He just he hasn't impressed me. I guess that's the best way to put it. He just he feels like every game you feel like okay, this is the time he's going to break out. Okay, this is the game. This is the game. This is the game, and you're still waiting for that game where he actually does it. And it's such a painful disappointment because for Daniel Jones to get Evan Ingram to really break out and start playing at the level he should be playing would be so huge for his development because then at least he can say. Okay, I have a guy I know I can trust that's going to keep playing week in and week out. You know, you look at teams like San Francisco when George Kittle's playing. You look at uh, Kansas City when you've got uh, Travis Kelsey playing. You look at even the Raiders when Darren Waller is playing, right? You know those guys could just like that. They can trust him. They know if he's on the field, I can trust my guy. Daniel Jones needs that, and Evan Ingram feels like he's going to be that guy, and he just hasn't shown it yet. And it's it, it, like I said, it's just – it's. It's a waiting game. Okay, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And it feels like it's just never going to come, which is becoming more and more concerning as you know as each season goes by. It, it's more of a, do we just give up on this guy? Which I don't think the Giants should, but that's what a lot of fans, I think, are feeling is, okay, this guy still hasn't shown us anything in a couple of years now. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. Um, you know, at, at this at this point, um, he's he's not he's he's not he's not helping him. It's it's as it's as simple as that. You know, t- taking a look, taking a look at the defense in, in its entirety. And again, I'm just going to say, I think they have to start looking at shifting some things on the offensive line. Shane Lemieux is is, is a from the tape that I saw, watched maybe a game or so. He was he was a good football player at the college level. He was probably the guy that I was most excited about potentially seeing outside of Andrew Thomas what he could do his rookie year. I always thought Matt Pert would be a guy that you know wouldn't. You know, he's just very much a developmental project. He actually had some of the longest arms, I think maybe the longest arms in the, in the NFL draft. He's got great feet, great athlete, great athletic ability. He is a natural mover, but just in terms of technique of, of playing the offensive line position, he just hasn't been coached at the level that he needs to, but I think, I think he's there, but uh, at some point, and I think this is the week, you know, we got to start looking to other players. All right. Take, taking a look at the defense, um, you know, defensive line. You know, they they played, they played relatively, you know, well. Uh, I thought, I thought in terms of the defensive line, um, Leonard Williams not quite as effective, you know, a, as he as he usually is. But I thought Dal, Dalvin Tomlinson actually actually had a good game. Can we say that's one bright spot of the defensive yeah. line? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give it to you. I mean, look, the <laughs> defensive line was not. I don't want to say elite, but they were not as strong as they have been in the past weeks. Granted, they were playing a very good offensive line, so I do understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to say they provided relief, but they were at least they were they were the least of my concern throughout that game. <laughs> they were the least of our liabilities for sure. However, I will say they still against the run were not that great, which is they still let up a good amount of rushing yards, which 
it, it's still a concern for me is they need to whatever they need to do they, you know they get pressure on the quarterback consistently you know within relative you know uh, you know uh, relative rel- they do relatively well getting pressure to the quarterback but that their their rush defense has not been as good as I'd like they really need to try and clamp down on that especially when you know a guy like Jarek McKinnon who hasn't played a game in what I think they said it was like his first start in like 2 years I believe he's because he's been hurt so often you got to capitalize on that opportunity where, okay, this is a guy that hasn't really started and played a lot in the past few seasons. We need to capitalize on this and and get on them. And they didn't. And that's my biggest thing. They did well overall. I'm not trying to, you know, nitpick or, 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 you know, find the negative, but I have to be realistic that that is my big concern on the offense, excuse me, on the defensive line as a whole. Besides that, I was still happy, but again, got to look at the big picture. And that for me is, one thing I think they need to improve on right now. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that helps our defense be as effective as it is, I'm not saying it's not effective, but as effective as it has been. Yeah. Blake Martinez. Yeah. When when you when you want to talk about a guy that just that just snuffs out the run, to me, he is he has played at an elite level all year long. Uh there's been some times where he hasn't taken the best angles on some tackles and you know he's taken himself out of the play, but um, the guy is the guy is consistently snuffing out the run. When you're looking at a guy that's always in there, always has a nose for the ball, uh, that's 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 Blake Martinez. I think he's probably been the best player on the entire team this year. Yeah, he was honestly one of my bright spots for the week. You know, he was one of the things that I said he was he was good. He he made me happy when he was on the field and I was watching him. I was like, you know what? This is a guy that showed up this week and said, I'm going to do my job. Most of the team I can't say that about, sadly. Didn't feel like that. But for me, Blake Martinez continues to be just an all-around great player. We've, we've, we've talked about how important that linebacker position really can be, and he is a perfect example. He ended up with a sack in that game, and that sack was gorgeous, if you ask me. I mean, it was he read the, he read the play perfectly, and he just bolted right through, untouched. And I give – I give him credit, of course. I do say that obviously the offensive line didn't block him, but again, I, I want to give him credit for that. He read that play perfectly. He he just had a good game, and he he continued to impress me. And for, like I said, just he was one of the true bright spots, and I, I love having him on the team. He is not only a great run stopper and just a, a smart defender; he's a fantastic tackler. I mean, like you said, he's not always perfect, but if you want to talk about a guy that's a, a, a generally a tackling machine. You got you to talk about Blake Martinez, and that's one of the biggest things that in the seasons past the Giants have actually struggled with, which was a lot of missed tackles or, or, or you know, poor tackling in general. He has been uh, fantastic, and he, he's so fun to watch. He, he, he gives me hope every game. I think I think you know when and I'm watching I'm watching other teams and I think just based on what I've seen so far he's one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL this year. You turn on the tape and and I think if there's one guy that stands out at Tim, you know we we know James Bradbury has played well. Um, you know overall all things considered he's been given a lot of responsibility, but everything else has been a disappointment. You know Corey Ballantyne, uh they had him they had him return a couple of kicks this week. Um, he he was not starting a cornerback this week. Uh, they brought out Isaac Andam, um, who did not play well. Darnay Holmes did not play well. So it's the same story again that if you want to look at cornerback play, the only guy that's stepping up is James Bradbury. I'll actually read read their stats here because tape matters, but stats do as well. So Isaac Yandam surrendered six catches and eight targets. 
Nick Mullins had a 110 passer rating against him, 110.9 to be exact. And Darnay Holmes, uh, he gave up um, four completions on five targets. Um, and just, you know, and then you can watch Darnay Holmes. Um, clear, clearly was outmatched. And I think, you know, what, what kills you about this Giants team offensively and defensively, and I haven't even looked at the stats. Uh, I'm just observing what I see every week is we uh, we are really bad on third down offensively and defensively uh there was we all, we all remember that third and 22 play from the game um you remember that one <laughs> oh don't remind me about it <laughs> like do I remember it yeah no, no go you're gonna, what were you gonna say remember I've been bitching about it all week <laughs> no but you're you're not wrong I mean the offense has struggles in and of itself. And the problem with the offense is on third down, they set themselves up to be in third and long, you know, third and five plus, which that's another issue in and of itself, but you're right. They don't, they, 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 they set themselves up in a poor situation. And then the defense just gets soft on third down. I, I don't know what it is that in their head, they just, they, they like almost give up mentally. It feels like they just all of a sudden, yeah, whatever, like, we're, we got on the third down. Oh, let's not stop them. Let's just hand them a first down, basically every time. It's what it, yeah, it's really what it feels like. I don't. I'm not sure what's happening. It, it, I I get the feeling it's a mental thing for them. I'm not sure what it is, but every week that's that's what I'm seeing is on third on, on first down they have great stops. It, it feels like on first down they're generally stopping you know a, a, a good amount, you know keeping them to a few yards at best. Second down, they do okay. Uh, that's kind of where it gets a little bit iffy. And then by third down, it's like forget about it. It's it, hand them the first down already. It's just it feels like every series that they just get softer as each play comes on. And I don't understand if it's it, I don't, I'm not sure what it is. Maybe they get I don't think they're tired. I, I don't think that's what it is. I think it just I think it's a mental thing at that point. I don't understand what is happening to them. I mean, o- over over the years. Um, the Giants, you know, the last number of years, the Giants have put the most resources in terms of building a unit into the offensive line and the secondary, and they are still the two biggest liabilities for for, the, for this team. Uh, mm-hmm. what, you know, um, and, and, I, and I don't think Xavier, having Xavier McKinney there, uh, I think, you know, he, w- he would have helped a little bit, but we still do need other, other cornerback help um, with, and, and I just think, you know, you, you, look, you look at him right now, um, in, ter- in terms of what can they do to get better, they just have to find a way to get the run game going. It, it, it'll solve it'll solve every other problem if you can just figure out how to, how to get it going. They have not had the run game going really in about you know little little over you know 20, 21 games right now because they didn't get it going last year. And uh, without that, uh, I just think you know the problems with Daniel Jones are going to continue. He's going to stay in his bad habits, and you know. People, people are people are going to know exactly what we're going to do, and unfortunately, yeah. that's that you know that's a situation you know that we're you know that we're in right now. You become a, almost a boring one-dimensional offense. It's one play every time. It's okay. They're going to run on first down, easy stop because they can't get anything going, and then they're going to pass. And defenses like that will pick up on that, and that's never going to help us because if defense knows what we're doing, there's no element of surprise. It's if you if you run the ball, it's like okay, congratulations, you ran the ball, and you're not going to get anything because you can't get your run game going. And if you pass, we know to expect it, so it's easy to stop. And I think 
as much as they need to get the run game going, I think it comes down to the offensive line. Uh, we, we keep talking about it. If they get the offensive line going, right, offensive line fixes itself, whatever. Whatever they do, it works, right? Offensive line looks good. Now Daniel Jones has time to make smarter plays. Now the run game gets going. Now Daniel Jones can be, you know, the, the offense can be a little bit more, uh, you know, more than one dimensional, a little, little different, right? Now they can have run and pass, keep defenses on their toes a little bit more. That helps, and the defense is not on the field as much. I mean, the defense was on for more than half the game. I think the time of possession was like, 39 minutes till like 20, 20 or 21. It was terrible. So the defense, of course, gets tired. If you just fix that line, it's such a domino effect because then the offense gets fixed. The offense sustains drive. The offense figures itself out. Then the defense is not on the field as much. Defense figures itself out. And you start winning games again. Simple as that. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to talk a little later in the week uh, about, about the Rams game. Uh, coming up. So so going forward, we will be having this show uh, every Monday night. It's going to be at 10 Eastern time. We're going to be um, actually recapping the game and we're, we're going to be talking about the next game as well. Um, so, you know, right now, you know, the Giants, you know, they're playing the Rams next week. And, you know, number one thing I we're going to talk about is what do we do to stop Aaron Donald? Because he's, he's going up he's going up against Nick Gates. Um, they, ju- they just they just have to go. And the, the only thing teams have done to neutralize him is have the play go in the opposite direction. That's all you can do. Well, I don't want to say too much, but you're definitely right. That or try and double team him, but that generally doesn't work either. So <laughs> it's going to be one long game probably, but I don't want to say too much on that. I want to save that for uh, for our next show. Keep keep the listeners uh, engaged, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, all right, that's going to wrap things up for, for tonight. Stay tuned to the social media channel. Uh, we will be having another show coming Wednesday night, uh, getting you the official time and just check back our social media. And uh, that's going to wrap up everything. So Giant, Giant, Giants are 0-3, not, not the start we were hoping for. Um, we were optimistic the first two weeks because, hey, at least they were close games. Now we, we, we've taken a lot of steps back. Let's see if we can move forward this week. We'll, we'll be back with you on Wednesday to talk about the game with the Rams. Thanks.